Good morning. Well, I wanted to start this morning by uh, telling you all that I, uh, I was super excited to see the, the show this past weekend. And if you have not seen it, today's your last chance to do so. I was telling the earlier service that it was one of the first shows I remember having all the feels during, uh, during the show. It's a, it's a terrific show with a terrific message, and you want to be sure to come out and check that out. Well, we're going to continue our series on this is how we fight our, our battles. And uh, I don't know if you guys have been impacted or the Lord's been speaking to you. I know he's been speaking to me during this, mess, uh, during this series uh, in a variety of ways because we all have something in common. We all fight battles. Who's fighting a battle? And we're all fighting a battle, and we need to know which weapons we need to grab and gravitate toward to, to fight our battles. And so uh, we're going to continue today. Uh, I sent this, and I don't know if it got fixed, but when I think of, when I think of battles, this is what, I, this is what I, I think of when I think of battle. And, uh, and, and somebody says, hey, I'm going to go into battle. I don't think of, you know, soft weapons. I think of we're going to war, uh, you know, and, and I think of a lot of physical weapons I'd like to grab and a lot of beatdowns I'd like to do. And, uh, and, and that's kind of where my mind goes, because that's what we're conditioned to think living in this world. Uh, and the world gives us a lot of different uh, weapons. And, and this didn't get fixed. Uh, I sent it, but it didn't get fixed. And that's OK. But the world gives us a lot of different weapons that causes confusion. Uh, in, in our lives. It causes us to want to gravitate toward tools that are not going to be effective. Uh, and, and, and part of the reason that they're not, or most of the reason that they're not effective is because we don't belong to the world. We belong to the kingdom. And the tools and the, and, the, and the weaponry that we use in the kingdom is different. And so when we fight our battles in the kingdom, we're drawn to other uh, uh, weapons that, that bring life and, and bring meaning and, and are not like the weapons that we would be choosing or are told to choose in the world. And today we're going to talk about one in particular, a powerful one, which is forgiveness. Would you guys stand with me? Let's read our scripture together. Then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Up to seven times? Jesus answered, I tell you, not seven times, but 77 times. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. As he began the settlement, a man who owned him 10,000 bags of gold was brought to him. Since he was not able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife and his children and all that he had be sold to repay the debt. At this, the servant fell on his knees before him. Be patient with me, he begged, and I will pay back everything. The servant's master took pity on him, canceled the debt, and let him go. But when that servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred silver coins. He grabbed him and began to choke him. Pay back what you owe me, he demanded. His fellow servant fell to his knees and begged him, be patient with me and I will pay it back. But he refused. Instead, he went off and had the man thrown into prison until he could pay the debt. When the other servants saw what had happened, they were outraged and went and told their master everything that had happened. 
Then the master called the servant in. You wicked servant, he said. I canceled all that debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? In anger, his master handed him over to jailers to be tortured until he should pay back all he owed. This is how my heavenly father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother or sister from your heart. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you that it brings life, God. And Lord, I thank you also that you have the ability to penetrate the deep and hard places in our hearts. I ask today that you would do that. I ask, Lord, that you would be present with us today in Jesus' name. Amen. Does anybody have a junk drawer at their house? Anybody have a junk drawer? Anybody have more than one junk drawer at your house? Yeah. When we talk about forgiveness, you know, to me, forgiveness is kind of like that tool that you need. Uh, I don't know about you. If you have kids, you know, you get these these projects, these these things, these toys that you have to build, and and it like calls for like a microscopic screwdriver, like a Phillips head screwdriver, and and you know you have it. There's not a question, a, a doubt in your mind that you you have this tool. It's just buried somewhere in that junk drawer, and you're digging around trying to find it. And you know that, uh, and, 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 and by the way, you find every other tool that you don't need, right? You find the flathead, you find the hammer, you find everything. But you need this tool, and you know that you, you need it. And in order to move on, you've got to find this tool. And finding it is like finding gold right? Finding it is like finding gold. When you, when you happen upon it, you, you, you find it uh, and, and you're so excited because it is the tool that you need to move on, to move on. So before I move forward in this, somebody has a word for us. Diane, come on up. And uh, I believe that this is going to tail into what we're talking about today with regard to forgiveness. You want to come up here? Come on up. How many know Diane Henderson? She's a huge part of our body. Go step into the light right over there and share, okay? Right on the pink X. (laughs) Okay, earlier today when they were playing a song, it was, I can't even remember the name of the song, but anyway, God started speaking to me. And so I stood there shaking and, and everything, and finally I just had to get up and go tell Brother Ron. So here it is. I know your daddy. I know you love your daddy. I am your father. Look to me. Don't look to the left or the right, but look to me. I am your father. I'm the one who will always be with you. I am the one that will supply your need. So don't worship others. Worship me. I am your father. Amen. Yeah. Log that for a second. Okay. Let that sit for a minute. I used to play basketball. Believe it or not. (laughs) I used to play basketball. Um, and there's a picture to prove it. And uh, 
This was before I realized you weren't supposed to smile in a sports picture. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there are essentially three things I want us to, to ponder this morning. And the first one is, is that forgiveness is a choice. Forgiveness is a choice. I, um, I used to play basketball and in this particular year of basketball, uh, in the Smyrna Rec League, I played for the Kings and we won every single basketball game. And it would be this season that I would score my first baskets. Uh, I, would, I, would, I would feel like I really knew what I was doing uh, in, playing, in playing the sport. And we won the championship game. And, uh, and I was real excited and the team was excited. We had such momentum and it was wonderful. And I remember that we went to celebrate the victory out to have pizza as a, as a group. And uh, it was at the end of that championship win. And we, um, we pull into that pizza and I'm sitting in the passenger seat of the car and I'm looking out and I'm seeing all of these guys go inside with their dads. And their dads are high-fiving them and their dads are picking them up, just proud of them, hooping and hollering. And I sat there looking at that and this feeling dumped inside of me. Why, don't, why is my dad not here? Why don't I have, why don't I have what, what these guys have? And so, um, you know, my stepdad was the coach and, and he was driving and he was, you know, basically out of the car before he parked because, you know, the team had won. So he got out of the car and I just remained there for a few minutes and I just remember weeping. And I remember sitting there in that moment, um, just counting all of the things that I feel like I'd done victories, things that I wish that my dad would have been a part of. And he wasn't, he wasn't there. And so I sat there in that moment. And this was before my relationship with the Lord had matured to understand that this probably was the Holy Spirit speaking to me. But I had this thought that came across my mind and the thought simply was this, you need to forgive him. You need to forgive him. And I remember sitting there just driven to tears. And I remember saying out loud alone in the car, I forgive him. I forgive him. And I'm so thankful for that choice that I made with my dad because I can only imagine, especially seeing people and walking with people who have not forgiven people in their life. They need the bondage. I'm so thankful as a a younger child that I was able to be mature enough to get to a point to make the choice to say, I forgive. Now, it didn't mean that the hurt went away. It didn't mean that the pain went away. And in fact, anytime I go to a basketball game, anytime I hold a basketball, that memory pops back into my head. It's not something that I've forgotten. But what it did is it gave me the capability to move forward. That's what forgiveness does. Forgiveness gives you the freedom and the strength to move on. Forgiveness gives you the freedom and the strength to move on. Forgiveness is a choice. Next thing that I want us to understand this morning is that forgiveness, it's been given to you. There's not many things that I can say across across the room here that all of us in equal distribution have received, but forgiveness is one of those things because of Jesus. Whether you've accepted it, whether you've received it, whether you believe it, that's another matter, but you have been given it. It has been made available to you. Forgiveness has been made available and it's a powerful 
thing that has been given to you. And until you understand the experience of being forgiven, it is very difficult to understand the freedom that's associated with the freedom, with forgiveness when you render it to someone else. Uh, before I um, had children, uh, I was a minister t- here at the church to, to, to children. I was involved at a school. I, I would say that I had lots of children that I was in a relationship with. And I would say, I would go around and say this, and I believed it and I did, that I loved those kids. I love those kids. And parents would come up to me and they would say things such as, you won't really understand what it's to, 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 to love like a parent until you have your own. And I didn't really understand that because I was thinking, man, I, I'm pretty, I, I really love Bob. You know, I really love Susie. I, I you know, I, I didn't know what they're talking about. And then we had Hadassah. And let me tell you that the reservoir that opened up in my heart containing love for that child is unexplainable. I don't have enough vocabulary to describe that. It's kind of that jump in front of a Mack truck type love that I have for my kid. And what was even furthered or compounded that was when Lucy was born. And I found out that that reservoir of love for Hadassah didn't need to be divided. No, there was a whole nother reservoir available for Lucia, right? And then, and then for Ruby, and then for Nora, and then for, we're not having any more, okay? All right. <laughs> yeah. So, so these, this reservoir for, for, for my children, this love, I, I, I really understood it. And guess what? It rendered me better capable to do my job as an educator, as a, pa- as a pastor, as somebody who's working with kids, because I understand what a love a parent has for their kid. When you understand by experience what you have, it renders you better able to give those things out. It renders you in the area of forgiveness to be able to do that. And God began to minister to me about this whole issue uh, our concept of, of grace. And there's, there's many definitions uh, uh, of grace, but part of what I'm, I'm hoping that we can understand, and whenever I say number two is you've, you have been given it, you've been given forgiveness, is that we have kind of diluted, uh, diluted the, the, the meaning behind forgiveness and grace in our culture. You know, the barometer of a good God in today's culture is how comfortable I feel. The barometer of, of, of how the goodness of God is measured on, oh, I didn't get what I really wanted, so God must be mad at me. He's not a good God. But no, what, what makes God a good God is the central crux and the, and, the, and the story in the center of the gospel, which is that you have been forgiven. You have been forgiven. And, and more than that, because of his grace, the consequence of our sin has been paid. So here's, here's, here's the quick rundown of, of how this works, okay? The Bible says, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Who is all? We're all all, right? We're all part of that. So we've all fallen short of the glory of God. We've all sinned. And it says that the price of this sin is death. Did you know that there was a price for your sin? There was a price for your sin. The wages of sin is death, okay? Then it says, if we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sin, he is faithful and just, and he will forgive us of our sin, purifying us from all unrighteousness. Okay, so we all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. There is a price to be paid for that, okay? If we claim that we are without sin, guess what? We're liars. So we're all a part of this. We all have a part of this, okay? Then it says, for by grace, 
you have been saved through faith. And that not of yourselves is a gift of God. Okay, so grace comes in and grace comes in because it's got to deal with this consequence over here. Guess what? The price of your sin is death. In order for us to have a relationship and communion and to be with God, we had to have blood that was spilt. And guess what? It didn't have to be ours because of grace. And this is what it says in Romans 3.25, for God presented Jesus as the sacrifice for our sin. People are made right with God when they believe that Jesus sacrifices life, shedding his blood. And so what happened, guys, is whenever you gave your life to the Lord, when you believed it, here's the thing, Jesus came. And he forgave you, but the consequence did not go away. The consequence, the payment, the penalty still existed, but it was deferred to Jesus. It was paid by Jesus. So at our school, many of you know, Sherry and I have a school. At our school, we have a handbook. And in the handbook is is a bunch of rules, right? Okay, so a student comes in, they break a rule in the handbook, and there's a consequence, right? So we go into meetings with parents, and sometimes I've got the un- fortunate position of sitting in the judgment seat, if you will, and and we're conversing and and a child has made a mistake. And it is time for them to pay the consequence for that mistake. And they come in and the parents come in and it just baffles me how many times parents will come in and they will focus more on the fairness or the justness of the consequence than the mistake that was made, than the choice that was made. And so we get in there and we're having this conversation and, and they, say, they say, you are a Christian school. Where is the grace? Where is the grace here? Where is the grace in, in, the, in the midst of this? Let alone that it might be the fourth or fifth or sixth or seventh time they've made the same mistake. Where is the grace here? Because we've gotten in our mind that when sometimes we make these choices, that, that grace just covers everything and we just don't have to, we can act like it never happened. I don't want to walk around acting as if Jesus didn't die for my sin. Because that's what brings the meaning and the gratitude to which I operate my life and the power and the strength that I have to render forgiveness to others. And so we're in there and that consequence. So so what the Lord was showing me is that when somebody comes into that particular situation and they say, where's the grace? It would be appropriate for me to ask them the question and say to them, I would love to give you, render you grace in this situation. Who's going to pay this consequence? If you can find another student to pay this price for you, grace. We had a teacher in our school, a third grade teacher, a fantastic teacher. And there was a child in his classroom and he was, he was constantly making mistakes. And Tim was just like, I don't know how to get through to this kid. So he tried, the Lord gave him something. And he tried a different method. So the kid acted up in class and something, the consequence was something crazy, like a hundred write-offs. I mean, it was a big, a big deal for a third grader. And, um, and so the kid did it and he comes up and Tim says, now, you know what you have to do. And he was like, yeah, I'll do a hundred write-offs. He wouldn't, he wouldn't care about it. Yeah, I'll do a hundred write-offs. He said, no. You're not going to have to do that. I have a date tonight with my wife and my child. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to cancel that date and I'm going to do the 100 write-offs for you. And the kid goes, whoa, no, 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 no. I don't want you to cancel the date. No, 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 I'm going to. I'm going to cancel the date and I'm going to do the write-offs. You're totally free. Go, go sit down. Tim goes home. True to his word, cancels the date, does the 100 write-offs, brings it in, lays it on his desk the next morning and pays the price for that kid. Not another problem for the rest of the year. When we recognize the gravity with which we have been forgiven, it gives us the capability to then walk in forgiveness for others. There is nothing that you are going to have to forgive others for that is greater than what you've been forgiven for. 
you have been forgiven. You have been forgiven. God's grace is made huge in our, in our lives. And this is why we get to this story uh, about, about, the, uh, about the unmerciful servant because Peter starts by saying, Jesus, how many times shall I forgive? Up to seven times? And Jesus says, not seven, but 77. Now, Jesus did not say, sit down and take the tally mark. One, two, three, till you get to 77. 78 time, it's going down. Okay, no, that's not, that's not, what, that's not what he meant there. But when you unfold the story, the gravity of the debt that the servant owed the master compared to the gravity, the, 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 the weight of the, 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 what was owed to the servant to servant, okay? That paled in comparison to what he owed to his master. And he forgave him. Anything that you have to forgive pales in comparison to that which God has forgiven you for. And it gives you the strength and the ability and the power that you need to forgive. Why were the other servants all outraged that he didn't render mercy in that moment? Because they knew, they knew what he owed the master. I want us to also understand that forgiveness is supernatural. Last week, our pastor uh, gave a message on, on faith. And one of the things that he referenced was miracles. And one of the things that he said was, you know, we all want to see a miracle, but we're not really ready to be in a position to need one. Forgiveness is supernatural because for some, as easy it is to roll off my lips to say, forgive them, people struggle. People struggle. And part of the struggle of being able to get to the place of forgiveness is we want that person to hurt like we hurt. We want that person to experience the pain that we felt. We want them to, to, we want to feel vindicated. We want, we want them to have to pay uh, the, 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 the price. But guys, I would tell you that if you are holding on to unforgiveness until that person has to fill those things or that person pays the price, that doesn't have anything to do with discipline or anything like that. That's revenge. And revenge is one of those tools that the world gives us to use and never ends up in a right way. No, the life-giving tool is the tool of forgiveness. And it is a supernatural tool because many of us have to grapple with this question, what if I can't forgive? What if I can't forgive? The hurt was too bad. The pain was so strong. What, what if I can't forgive? My wife and I uh, started watching the uh, television series, The Crown. Anybody familiar with The Crown? Uh, really good series. And um, in a particular episode in, uh, in, in season two, the story is about King Edward VIII abdicating his role and the throne. And when he abdicated the role, he did it because he was in love with a woman who had been through a divorce. And as the king of the country and as head of the church, he was not allowed to marry this woman because she had been divorced. And so he, he proceeds to continue to love her and want to love her and want to marry her. So he abdicates his, his throne and that makes his brother the king. That would be King George VI. So King George is now on the throne and later King George dies and his family, including his daughter, who would become Queen Elizabeth, blames King Edward for giving the throne to the brother because they felt like part of the death had to do 
with the stress of the job of being a king. Had you not given up the throne, then George would still be here with us. Are you with me? So Queen Elizabeth is carrying this hurt and the, whole, the, ang- the angst of the family is very much visible in there. And in this particular episode, King Edward comes back. Edward comes back, Duke at that time, comes back. And he wants a position with the king, uh, position within the, within, the, within the country. He wants to be able to serve his country. And Queen Elizabeth has to give permission for him to do this. And despite the hurt that she had of her dad, uh, her dad dying, and the fact that she was in a role that she never asked for nor wanted, she had mustered up enough strength to forgive him in that moment so that he could take this position. However, some newfound information came to light. And that information was that King Edward, after he abdicated his role, was in cahoots, conspired with, and rallied with Nazi Germany, especially Adolf Hitler, and betrayed his own brother and was part of the cause of lots of British soldiers losing their lives. This coupled with the already wounds and hurt that Queen Elizabeth had in that moment rendered her incapable of saying, she had this question, I can't forgive. And in this particular episode, simultaneously, she was growing an acquaintance with a super American, American super evangelist named Billy Graham, to which she invites him to the palace and asks this question. If you don't have the strength to forgive, go to the one who does. Would you stand with me? You guys can begin to play. You know, my prayer this morning has really been, um, and last night and this week has been, that the Lord, the Holy Spirit, would be able to get into those deep, hard crevices of our hearts. And um, I don't know if you came postured this morning to be vulnerable. I don't know if you came postured this morning to be open to what the Holy Spirit wants to do. But if you're holding on to unforgiveness, I believe that there's freedom this morning in this place. It doesn't mean that you're going to walk away forgetting everything. It doesn't mean you're gonna walk away completely just not hurting or not in pain, but you will walk away empowered to continue to move forward. And so you can take your unforgiveness and hold on to it and walk around with it and let it define your decisions or you can decide it's time to find a spot to lay it down turn around and walk forward and God will give you so much he'll give you so much in that in that season of walking forward you can trust him he's the God of peace he's the God of all comfort and he will meet you 